0: I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we dust off a little piece of history every day. Today is March 22nd, 2019. The day was March 22, 1916. After Yuan Shikai was declared the first official president of the Republic of China in 1912, he had attempted to bring back Confucianism and reinstate the imperial monarchy. But people across China and outside of the country opposed the restoration of the monarchy, and on this day, Yuan abdicated the throne and China once again had a republican form of government. Yuan's death soon after, in June 1916, created a China with a weak government and divided army, ushering in the warlord era. Early on, Yuan served in the Qin Brigade of the Anhui Army, which was sent to Korea in 1882 to prevent a Japanese coup. At the time, Korea had come out of its self-imposed isolation and was targeted by the Japanese and other foreign interests. Yuan served for a decade in Korea, rising to the position of Chinese commissioner in Seoul until the First Sino-Japanese War broke out in 1894 and he returned to Beijing. After Japan emerged victorious in the Sino-Japanese War in 1895, Yuan was put in charge of training a new army. In 1898, when the Guangxu Emperor attempted to institute a series of progressive reforms, Empress Dowager Cixi wrested power from the emperor with the help of conservative military leaders. Yuan and Shiqi then formed an alliance, and his political power grew. He was appointed governor of Shandong Province in 1899, and at the turn of the century, he used his new army to suppress the Boxer Rebellion, and his division was the only part of china's army that survived the rebellion from there he kept gaining influence he became the viceroy of Li, the region around beijing and he was appointed the minister of beiyang and the commissioner of the army reorganization council yuan even played a role in political reforms late in the qing dynasty like creating the ministries of education and police Shi Xi was firm in her support of Yuan, and Yuan was even more powerful than her because of his role in government and military command. So his opponents in the Qing court began to worry that he would lead a military coup. When Shi Xi and Guangxu died only a day apart in 1908, Yuan was ordered to retire from his offices and sent home to Henan province under the guise that he had to treat a foot ailment but he didn't stay away for long. When the Xinhai Revolution broke out in October 1911, the Qin court begged him to come back, but he refused, saying his foot ailment was still a problem. That was sarcasm if you didn't catch it. Anyway, Yuan eventually accepted and he became prime minister in November, as well as commander in chief of all the armies in North China that were fighting against the revolutionists. By December, he had forced leaders of the revolution to negotiate. During the negotiations, revolution leader Sun Yat-sen was elected president of the Provisional Government of the Chinese Republic. But the revolutionaries were in a weak position militarily, so they compromised with Yuan. Yuan got Empress Dowager Longyu to abdicate the throne on behalf of her child emperor's son, Pu Yi. In return, Sun Yat-sen resigned as provisional president, and Yuan took the oath of office as provisional president of the republic on March 10, 1912. But Yuan only took the position to consolidate his power. He wasn't particularly interested in a democratic government. Needless to say, the republic had a rocky start. The treasury was empty, provinces were controlled by warlords, and there still was no permanent constitution— Using foreign loans, Yuan expanded his army and bought politicians. The Nationalist Party, or Guamindang, opposed Yuan and his camp. When the chairman of the party was murdered in March of 1913, all signs of guilt pointed to Yuan's government. In 1913, parliament under force elected Yuan president. The new president soon dissolved the Guamindang, arrested its members, and dissolved parliament. Soon, Yuen named himself president for life and gave himself the right to appoint his successor. As a part of their expansion efforts, Japan attempted to take advantage of Yuan's unstable rule in China with a list of 21 demands, which would basically make China a Japanese protectorate. In order to avoid war, Yuan accepted a revised version of the demand. People protested and boycotted Japanese goods, and Yuan lost credibility. But Yuan took advantage of the anger around the demands to convince people that the monarchy and his position as emperor needed to be reinstated for stability. In 1915, he announced that he would soon be emperor under the title Hongxian. Yuan was ruling through provincial military governors, but military governors in provinces began to revolt in opposition to the monarchy, with support from the Japanese. The press, Yuan's advisors, and even his armies rallied against him. Yuan gave in and revoked monarchism on March 22, 1916, though he also said he would resume his presidency. Yuan died three months later of uremia, while China was still fighting for his resignation as president. Over the next decade, China would be plagued by warlordism and a weak central government. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you feel like correcting my pronunciation or my accent on anything that I've said in the show, feel free to leave a very kind comment on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. See you same place, same time tomorrow. into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh?